We'll just get right into it. Hilarious LA comic, Henry Sir. Henry, what's up, buddy? What's up, man? Thanks for having me, dude. Dude, thanks for coming over. I was here with Shuey last time we were here in LA. Mm. We were on the Avis bus going to LAX, and you reach out, and you were like, hey, man, there's some show going on. You want me to try and get you on the lineup? And I really appreciate oh, that. Oh, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, of, course, of course, man. So ever course. since then, I was like, this guy is chill. So I see you all <laughs> over the place, man. You at Laugh Factory a lot? Um, not so much now. I was doing I was doing the Laugh Factory a decent amount. Of the clubs, I do the Comedy Store most here. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, like, you know, LA is so weird. With By LA standards, you can be doing a ton of shows, but when you're like a comic first you're like i'm not doing that many shows you just gotta take whatever you can get so wherever i can do a spot i'm doing spots how many are you doing a week out here you think it depends man like there have been those ones where it's a show every day and some of those three or four shows in one night then there will be a the, the week after like i don't even know if i do stand up anymore are, you, are you able to navigate that though doing three or four shows in a night um it has to really work out because there are those like if you have a eight o'clock show in North Hollywood and then you got to get down to Santa Monica, then up to Hollywood and then, you know, whatever it is, there's so much driving there. Ha there there's been a few times where on the last one, I'm like, I just like, I can't. I can't get there. I want to. I just physically am incapable of it. Yeah, and like comics, like we just say yes as much as possible. So I'm sure yeah. like any show you were just yeah. Like, yeah, especially if it's a good one. So I get a lot of, I do get in my, I talk to people about this probably too much, but I, I get in my head because the plan was, because I'm Canadian and I was living between uh, Edmonton where I'm from in New York and the plan was to just fully move to New York. I never thought I'd be an LA comic, um, but then it made sense in my mind it made sense to come here instead but i know the grass is always greener but i do get jealous of that whole concept of at least in theory getting to that point where you can just do the, like the club hopping in manhattan and just not easily but more easily you know just in crush LA. out four or five sets kind yeah of thing well in, in new york it's funny i always talk about how you can as an audience member you can go to a free comedy show in Bushwick on a Wednesday at 9 p.m. and see some of the funniest comics working. You yeah, know what I mean, that's totally. just like kind of how it works in New York. And you're able to do the three or four spots. Yeah. I don't want to say pretty easily, but like if you structure it well enough, yeah. like there's you don't really have to leave much room for the traffic yeah, portion. You know, exactly. like last time we were here, we stayed on Hollywood Boulevard. And then I was telling you, we went up to uh, Bruce Brothers and it said on the Apple Maps, Google Maps, it said 20 minutes. And we were just at the same light, same oh, yeah. intersection for 20 minutes. So it's I ended insane. up taking... 45 minutes but so That's far insane. the traffic actually actually hasn't been so bad Chewy, and i think it's because we've been kind of starting to travel like post dinner and then mm. like we went down to as soon as we landed uh thursday we went down to hermosa beach nice. which we realized on the way was extremely far oh it's, it's, and a, it's a hike back, dude. Yeah, yeah. but it was great it was like an amazing little beach town and there's so many pockets in yeah. la that just like are amazing and you know i haven't spent as much time out here as i'd like but yeah. previously you know i've been out here for comedy and then not for comedy but i'm starting to like it a little bit more man each yeah time. yeah it, i i get it. it it's when when like my wife and i again the intent was new york but then there was this one time we came out here and we kept going to the same spot in redondo and we just would kind of do the same thing of like we'd, we'd rent some boogie boards we get some beach chairs and stuff and we're like this is pretty sweet this is pretty sweet and yeah the, the comedy especially if you are like a stand-up first at times that can be a confusing thing of like was was this was this the best decision um but <laughs> it's a good lifestyle it's a good lifestyle at 
times. I, I'm lucky now that uh, having done it a while and I've, uh, here's the benefit of starting where I came from in Canada is never really did open mics. You do open mics, but it's one of those cities where even the open mics had crowds, even like the amateur nights were what they call was pretty much just an open mic that would have one headliner, which was just an open micer doing a longer set. But you at some of these shows weekly, you'd have like 70 people there just for wow. comedy. That's like, that's crazy. It's I insane. And, and it's, it's great, but it also is, you know, the, the audience is subjected to a lot of shit too, but, uh, but Edmonton does have a good comedy scene, but also the benefit of coming up in the clubs there is headliners would come through. And if you feature for them, I was lucky enough that enough of them were willing to be like, whether it was New York or here, like, Hey, just let me know when you come through and I'll throw your name to some people. So I was really lucky that I kind of got to like expedite some of the open mic scene. And I don't mean that in any kind of arrogant way. Like I was just so fucking good. That's not <laughs> it. It was just like lucky circumstances. And then here. So I never really, I did some mics, in New York, but I was lucky to be able to just do shows and some were glorified mics, you know, that is. And then here, um, had good vouchers and I, I just do shows here, but I've, I've gone by some of the mics and I've heard people talk about the mics. I'm sure there, there's some good ones. It sounds like, but yeah, man, it, it really does just seem like a lot of comics <laughs> like wearing bomber jackets, just like looking at like their notes and then going up on stage like what do i want to talk about today like, what the yeah. fuck are you doing man yeah, you have three dude. minutes so how, do you, how do you feel about your location right now in los angeles if you could just briefly brief us as i say it twice on where you are and then do you feel like you're kind of central like in the it's mix cool. and the action yeah i like it it's it's west la it's called the uh, the neighborhood's called sotel um so it's pretty much santa monica but not on the beach. It's like we, what, what was a huge priority to my wife and I was we're from cold ass Edmonton, Alberta. Yeah, we're like, if we're coming here and we're, and, and I'm as if it's some huge sacrifice, but if some, in some way stand up's going to kind of take a back seat, we have to be by the ocean. I'm not going to be one of those guys that goes to the ocean twice a year. We go like at least once a week. That's so great. it's like 15, 20 minutes, to get down to the ocean, but we're right off the four Oh five. So especially for the clubs in Hollywood, um, you can be there within 20, 25 minutes, which by LA standards is pretty good. So when did you move out here exactly? Um, well, I moved out here like the classic thing, just like literally three weeks before COVID happened. It was perfect. Sounds and like then kind of like when Randy was telling us a little bit too, like six months before. Yeah. COVID. Just ridiculous. And then I went back to Canada for, for all that. And then when things opened up, came back out here. How does it work with green card situation? I'm just super lucky that I'm a dual citizen. My dad is. My dad's a Yank, so I just am able to work and live in both countries. And my wife, getting her visa was yeah, a hassle, nice but that. she just got hers, and she's all good to go now, too. What's what's your most favorite part about L.A. besides the comedy right now? Um, I guess, obviously, the weather. Well, it definitely isn't the comedy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, the, the comedy. I'm just prone to sounding cynical. Um, honestly, it, it has to be... This is going to sound simplistic, but the beach does so much for me mentally, man. You know what? I was re, I can't remember. I was telling you the other day, I think it was like TikTok or something. Someone was talking about how there's a study or was layered Hamilton who you mm, probably know. Pro, right? uh, I know the, the name. Who surfer. Is so I was okay. thinking, yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah, yeah, board. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on, I think it was on Rogan. He was talking about how looking at the horizon and being on the mm. water does something to your psyche where it just it. makes you feel so much better. And I can imagine going to the yeah. beach once a week, being from Edmonton. So oh, like yeah, change man. Mindset. It's just such a rat race and, and you, and you get so caught up in, in so much just 
bullshit, especially I think wherever you are as a comedian, but especially like in New York or L.A. And you start comparing yourself to others. And you just do all these unhealthy habits that are just making you miserable. And then I don't know. I feel like it's just got to be this instinctual, primitive thing, kind of like looking at fire almost. You know what I mean? But you go out and you're just looking at this endless water. And yeah, and you're watching the, the shades of the sky change. You're getting in the water. You're, you know, going this fast, riding a wave that's three feet high on a boogie board. But I don't know, man. It's just... It's just uh, that kind of connecting with this hippie-ish as this sounds, just kind of connecting with nature and turning your mind off for a little bit and just being like, here's just this really objectively good thing I'm doing for no other reason than this is good. Mental I don't know. It's, it's a great, yeah, man. It's a great reset. Like when I came back and my wife was still in Canada, was not in a good headspace mentally, was not staying in a good place. It was a horrible living situation. And I think well, any you had like roommates or something. Well, 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 first I did. Yeah. I was such an idiot. Like Craigslist. I, I'm so bad with names that I realized <laughs> after a while, I was like, I don't know these guys names. No way. <laughs> I had no, and it was too late. I was like, I can't be like, what are you guys? Names? <laughs> How many weeks were you in before? Oh, it was you, like, like months, man. And I just like, eventually like, I, cause I was just like getting like essentially like monthly, uh, month to month sublet sort of stuff. And then luckily one of my best friends I grew up with in Edmonton, he and his wife live out here now. So I stayed with them for a little bit. Then I was, staying in this just disgusting spot in north hollywood it was so grimy and well, what kind of money were you paying for it um a lot for a little piece of shit room in a piece of shit apartment <laughs> that just had some guy you'd go in the living room the couch there'd just be some guy sleeping there I'm like who is this guy he's the landlord yeah it was it was gross but it, you know between that and, and just being a dude who's in my head in the best of times anyways it was an adjustment but it, it and I let it kind of be like fuck I hate LA whatever and it wasn't LA it was me and the way I was letting it process to me but you know sticking it out a little longer doing better shows and um the wife getting down here getting to know people more i i am enjoying la now for the most part do you have friends in the industry now from la that you would be potentially be touring with i see you're going down to san diego this weekend so you, do you kind of go back and forth um i mean i've, I've definitely gotten to know more people I've, I've been making friends hopefully that's something we can uh that, that'll be on the docket like i just um yeah, I just got asked kind of randomly. The this guy's doing a show at the comedy store in La Jolla was just like, "Will you headline this show?" I'm that's like, that's yeah. um, this coming weekend, right? Yeah, it's this that's Wednesday, and it just worked out really well. That Madhouse, one of the guys who um, books it, reached out to me and asked if I wanted to headline Thursday. And I was like, "Yeah." So oh, and headline uh, how much time? Like forty five minutes? Um, I think both are going to be forty. Wow. Yeah, that's great, dude. Yeah, it'll be. It's it's just so nice. Like I'm I'm lucky as a Canadian that when I go back to Canada, I'll headline and stuff. And so, I and and that's so important for me is to be able to stretch my legs and you know go do whether it's 40 45 60 minutes and just really feel like a proper comic again that that stuff if i don't do that i go i go nuts so i'm really i'm really psyched to do that there's these clubs called like absolute i do that they have a club in ottawa and they have a club in toronto so i'll like headline a weekend in ottawa then go do Toronto and, and it's just a little bit more of you don't especially as a Canadian Canadian clubs you don't need to be famous to headline if you go and feature there and if they like you they, they might give you a chance to headline if you do well there or if you do like headline off night they'll give you a weekend and then they'll know a booker at another club and honestly all I've ever gone into stuff is just vouches um 
but it, but it's nice. Like can have a pretty decent little pipeline. If you want to call it that a Canadian clubs, like I can pretty reliably go and do 45 to hour long sets a good amount. And, and there's also a lot of really good circuits like brewery circuits in Alberta where you can go do like hour long sets. And it's, it's, it's great. How it's long great. have you been comfortable doing an hour? Well, longer than I probably should. Like I, I spent this one time I've done comedy pretty unconventionally, I think as I kind of have had to being from Edmonton, but I have a lot of family in the Midwest. And I spent this one summer where I just like booked shows, the most weird, bizarre shows all throughout the Midwest. And I just would kind of base like some family in the twin cities and some family in like Iowa or whatever. And I would just like kind of go all over to all these. Yeah. And I would just like, go back, go back, go back wherever I could line up these longer spots. Some of them were like half hour, some were 35. And then uh, uh, this spot in Wichita was like, we want you to come do an hour. And I was like, not ready to do an hour, but I was like, fuck it here. Let's do it. And also a benefit. There's this one, club in Edmonton called the comedy factory, which is like, go to the comedy factory.com. I think that's what it's called. The website. You'll just look at it and be like, I know what he's talking about. It is trash. That's a great name though. I'll say for a comedy club. It, no? It's all right. But if, once you go to the website, you're like, this is like, it looks like the website was invented pre-internet. Like it doesn't make any sense. How many seats do they have there? Uh, well, I mean, it doesn't matter because the most you'll ever see is 20 people. Like it's, it's attached to this bowling alley and the guy who runs it is just such a crook. He's (laughs) such a schmuck. Um, it's just like, if, if, if it's like a trope of outdated, bad, like silk shirts and blazers and ponytail brick wall kind of comedy. Um, but a sweet thing about it in a weird way was he just would recycle the same rotation of guys who don't really do comedy hey, anymore well, yeah. that he, that were able, he was able to take advantage of, oh, but I'd go and ask for like a guest spot. And then eventually it got to this weird point where he'd be like, all right, feature didn't show up. I'm going to ask you to do 20. I'll light you. And then he, he wouldn't let me, he'd light me. I looked down, I'm like, man, I've done 45 minutes and he, he would go. never pay me, but right. I never felt bad because I was like, well, I wasn't doing shit tonight anyways. And I know I'm not undercutting anybody cause he's not paying anybody. So I just started, I got to a point where I was like, I don't care, man, if I don't have a spot tonight and I can go do 50, 55 minutes, even like, I don't give a shit, man. It's just like, and, and you could just fuck around up there. So it made me really comfortable with doing it. So when, um, yeah, when some clubs asked me to headline, I, I felt pretty comfortable with it now. And yeah, now do like, I really enjoy, like, I really enjoy doing an hour. I just did Calgary and Winnipeg in July, back to back weeks. And yeah, it's cool. Just trying to like document the progress along the way and the little steps you take. It was really cool. How, how natural doing, an hour felt to me. It was fun. It was and how many fun. times did you do that uh, in Canada, though? Like where you were just doing 45, 50 At that minutes. horrible club? Yeah. I mean, anytime I had a free weekend, honestly, because I was in Edmonton and I would just call the guy and be like, I know you don't have anyone booked. I'm, I, can I come to a spot? And he's like, see if I can squeeze you in for 15. And then I do like an <laughs> hour and 10 minutes. Oh, he's such a dork. Hilarious, he's such man. a dork. Squeeze you in. I, I, I was going to go to uh, Victoria actually in November to record an album and they they were going to tape it too. And, 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 but just not, I have an hour that I'm psyched to do. 
but I just didn't feel like I'd be polished enough by November, but hopefully in the new year, that's something I can, I can do Victoria BC. So there's this club. It's, it's a crazy name for clubs called hecklers, but supposed to be a great club. I like that name. Bizarre name. Not as much as I like the shitty club, the The comedy comedy factory. Factory. Go to the website. I'm telling you. (laughs) Pop it up. Imagine right here. It has like a hypnotist section, a magician section, a comedian section. Oh, it's like a full performer kind of website. No. Well, none of those people are there. It's the same four comics. They just list all these like ventriloquists, comedians. It's it's absurd. Well, I will say that there is obviously an incredible amount of opportunity in L.A., but anytime you wanted to go to New York, I think you'd have a great time just running through shows and kind of just feeling it out for a week, you know? I'd love to. I mean, I do hope I can go to New York like a handful of times in years, like whatever, three times a year and do like a week or two. And if I can line up enough shows to do it, I I would love to do that. Yeah. I think just being here and getting my name out there a little bit more because like, I I really am like my harshest critic, but I I think I've gotten, Sounds like it, bro. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a nut job, but I, um, I, I, I feel pretty happy with where I'm at as a standup and I, I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but the consensus I've got from a lot of comics I've met out here is like, oh, how do how did I not know you before? So I think kind of my goal now is just hopefully getting people to know me and then seeing what opportunities can come once that's more of a thing and hopefully getting more of an infrastructure like, you know, proper representation to help facilitate going on the road and stuff like that. Do you have a favorite spot in LA? It really is the comedy store. I, the, the, the people there have made me feel very, very welcome. Um, all the people that work there, the comics there, um, they've, they've made me feel very, very welcome. I've never really, I've never really had that with a club of feeling like I feel like really at home here, but when I'm at the, when I'm at the store, I do. And I do like the improv too. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'd say pretty comfortably the store. I don't want to like name drop, but I opened for a comic out here a few times and he was really kind. And he just told me, he's like, I think you should be in LA. And he was willing to vouch for me. And you're, some, not, you're not going to name drop. Mm, you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, no, I was going to actually say one of the canceled. Chris Rock. Yeah. Oh, one of the canceled comedians. <laughs> Which it wasn't. It wasn't. Right, it was it wasn't. Joke. Who's canceled right now as a comic? I'm trying to think. Everyone. Will Smith. <laughs> yeah, Will Smith vouched <laughs> no, for me. Woody Allen vouched for me. And, uh, Harvey Weinstein said you were great. Yeah, Cosby, yeah, Cosby was like, you're a good kid. He was dope. So, yeah. so anyway, yeah. No, that's fine. There. Yeah, just a, a comic that was willing to give me a really good vouch and just had really kind things to say that, I don't know, uh, my wife and I talked. And, and, and also, like, I'm so just like tunnel vision, comedy, 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 comedy. So if it was up to me, we would have moved to New York years and years and years ago. But there was a visa thing with my wife, which you know, complicated stuff. And then she likes it better out here, which I understand. And, uh, you know, coming from Edmonton, it's not a huge deal, but going from Edmonton to New York, no direct flights. Kind of lateral move. Yeah. And, 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 uh, Edmonton to LA, there's direct flights. It's like less than three hours and for family and friends to come visit and a little less expensive and stuff like that from a lifestyle standpoint and the vouchers I got, we just kind of figured like, eh, let's give it a try and see. And I'm in my head all the time, whether that was the right decision or not. But uh, I know I could be in New York and doing well out there and it'd be in my head the whole time of like, why aren't I in L.A.? That's just how my mind, unfortunately, works. Fortunately works. Favorite part about L.A.? Favorite part? Um, Other than the beaches. 
Yeah. I will say. <laughs> and is the traffic that bad? We're cu- we're curious. I mean, I'm used to it now, but the tra- I, I would say the traffic is that bad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's insane. Like, what time did you leave to get here? It took me 50 minutes to get here, man. Yo. Yeah. And it, it's not a long distance. And how long would that take at uh, 9 p.m. tonight? 20? Like, I bet 25-ish. Yeah. So you do, you're doubling time. Like when I go back to Edmonton, people are like, it's rush hour. It's going to take forever. I'm like, it took seven minutes. What are you talking about? <laughs> Dude, that's like New York too. Yeah. This fucking train. Yeah. Somebody jumped on the tracks. Yeah. It will be three minutes. Extra. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get out and walk, dude. Yeah, that's all. But uh, best part about LA besides the beaches and weather. I don't know, man. That's kind of, <laughs> no, that's not maybe, it. Maybe the people. Definitely not the people. Interesting. Did you like the people in New York better? I feel like I... And how much time were you in New York? Double question. It was a couple years of going back and forth. So again, it was never long enough that I was like, I'm a New York guy. It was never that, but it was enough that I felt like I had a very, very good understanding of, and I was, was, you know, I'd stay in Astoria and I really liked it. And and so here's the thing. Here's what I'm going to say. The good people in LA are some of the coolest people I've ever met. And that is maybe one of my favorite parts about LA is that when you meet that good people, that, that, that good uh, group of people, I appreciate that there is kind of that sense of people that in, however they're pursuing this, whatever it is and whatever their outlet is, they're just kind of saying like, I didn't want to live that conventional life that I felt if I stayed at home, I had to. So this seemed like a good place to come and follow what I wanted to do with life. I really like that. I know that's the thing in New York too, but here's what I'm going to say. I think sucks about both people at the extremes in LA. There's just obviously a lot of like the most narcissistic people you'll ever meet fake phony. All they want to do is network. You're not even a human being. You're just like a potential opportunity. And when they see, Oh, you're not of any help to me. It's just just like notch on the old uh, socialized. No, exactly. And you just see so much like despicable behavior towards other people and so much just, elitist bullshit like an example i say is i was i was going to get some comfort food i was feeling a little down and i'm waiting in this little parking lot in my car because i'm waiting for a family to cross the street so i don't hit and kill them and the car behind me just swerves ahead of me and takes literally the last parking spot and i'm like thinking the person's gonna come out and i'm just gonna be like what the hell is wrong with you person gets out doesn't even look at me doesn't even i don't even think thought they did anything rude they're, they're just were like, well, no, I see something and I want that. And I'm the only thing in this world that matters. So why wouldn't I have done that? That's not everybody here. That's an extreme, but there is enough of that stuff here. And just, it's just shit of like all these people. And you get a lot of this in New York too. I thought of, you know, people pretending to be like a man of the people or person of the people. And I'm progressive. It's like, you went to fucking Yale. Your parents pay your rent. Like you are the problem. You're the problem you're pretending to hate. And that kind of disingenuous bullshit in both cities drives me nuts. But I did kind of just, I don't know, something resonated with me about just kind of like the put your head down, no bullshit thing about New York. But it also would get to a point where it's like, I'm ordering food and I'm like, Hey, could I please get this? And the person that tells like, fine. It's like, okay, 
I know you live in New York, but that doesn't mean you just have to be an asshole. You know what I mean? Yeah. What do you like about both cities? Uh, well, I think now, um, and now that I'm starting to like LA is the fact that there are people who come out here to pursue their dreams, you know, yeah. like yourself, the yeah. comedy and meeting so many people in the same industry or kind of the people that kind of want the same things that I want. I think that there's like a unison and it makes me yeah. feel good about it. And also, I mean, the same thing in New York. The weather is terrible. There's sometimes some terrible people, but they're terrible people out here too so like totally. both coasts have those people i think because you kind of send yourself around the city of la or new york city if you're looking to do something in entertainment or something that other people don't do yeah and, and something i i i do like about new york and could be off on but the impression i got is i feel like people go to new york at whatever it is they're doing they just want to be really great at it that could be comedy, that could be writing, that could be acting, that could be, you know, food, whatever it might be. Whereas in LA, by and large, it feels like a lot of people, not everyone, but a lot of people are just like, oh, I don't care how, I just want to be on that screen. I do appreciate that there's a bit more of an emphasis on being like a little more chilled out and friendly here than the kind of like, you know, just New York, I'm walking here, kind of everything has to make me roll my eyes and... Like a, a good friend of mine from Edmonton lives in New York and he, he was telling me about like what drives him insane is you just have to complain in New York. People just love being like, I'm fucking paying this much for fucking rent this no, little I think thing. That, that's what happens with coworkers in New York City, I'll yeah. say a lot. When you see two coworkers walking on the street, yeah. you'll rarely ever hear them talking about anything besides work like they're complaining about somebody who they just had a meeting with and she's doing everything wrong and she's micromanaging you hear a lot of freaking complaining a lot of sulk bonding a lot of complaining and it's a lot of like it gets to that point of like i'm paying off for this rent i gotta take this shitty subway i'm not gonna open eight and there's that parts like then fucking move or it's like then they get the raise and now they can afford it. And it's like, well, now I'll just get a more expensive place so I can continue to complain about the same things. Rat race, man. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. Dude, I was just listening to this podcast on the way over here about the lifestyle of people in Denmark and why it's as happy as it is and why we're as unhappy as we are. And it was just one of those, like, defeated, like, what the fuck are we doing? Well, why? What did they say? Denmark. Well, I mean, there was a lot to it, but just how much of it, kind of in a nutshell of how much of, like, the priority is over there isn't just about, like, being productive, be productive, be productive, make money, make money, make money. Like there, it's more like a 33 hour work week that it's a supposed, like you're supposed to socialize. It's not an excuse. If you have to leave, if you're, if you're working a nine to five equivalent over there and it's like, well, I have to be out of four cause I got to go pick up my kid. It's like, well, yeah, obviously you have to go. That's not like a, uh, I don't know, man. We said you were going to five and just like, you're supposed to socialize. You're supposed to be a human being. It's not just supposed to be the rat race of like, you know, work as hard, make as much money as you can, get as many followers on social media, be as notable as you can so that you hope your parents are proud of you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just the rat race. It's, it sounds like it's less of a rat race. You've been less doing, of a hyper-capitalist rat race. Yeah, dude. You've been doing any sketches when you've been out here in LA, messing around with like acting and stuff? Um, I mean, I'd like to get into, I'd like to get into the acting stuff. I've just been, um, like I, I haven't had time, man. Like it's, it's, it's my wife just got her visa, but I've been the only guy providing for us money wise. And you know, if people come from money, cool, good for them we don't. So I have to make money and I've, I've, you know, worked during the days, 
try and write as much as I can while I'm pretending to work during the days. And then Why quitting yet writing. Oh did, yeah. I, I am a master of time theft. It's insane. <laughs> I can be so productive at work and then make them think like, wow, he's killing it. Well, he I'm, deserves a race. Yeah. I'm like, man, I just wrote like a pilot script, but I, I just like <laughs> pretended I was stressed about what you have me working on. Um, and then it's like, get home, try and be a, uh, present to like be a decent husband and then go hustle like comedy and here and there like well i will like we'll shoot a stupid little like i want to shoot more of them we have this one like my wife actually was really fun like this really stupid thing called prank boys which is just making fun of prank shows where it's like frame it as if it's like a real early 2000s mtv like where these teenagers going to prank people were actually just doing nice things like the only one i did is like i was in a drive-through and i did a pay it forward where I actually like paid for the person behind me, but we filmed it as if like, she has no idea what's happening. Oh, fucking get out of here. So stupid. Um, but we want to film some more of those, but I'd like to get into that stuff more. I'm sorry to sound like preachy. Cause again, this is a bit of an insecurity thing, but I, I like, I really dislike social media and I think it's just an evil, awful thing. And it truly makes me just feel like a fucking septic tank of a human being. But for me to like confidently release something, I, I need to build more of a following on that before I do. Well, do you feel like it's kind of a hit and miss though? Cause I mean, you get a ton of views and have a lot of followers, but, but like, do you feel like there's a, a good part of that? And then also the, that, the bad part, of course you were talking about. Yeah, no, there's definitely a good part. Like there's absolutely a good part. There's the shitty cynical side of me, which I'll start with, which yeah. is unfortunately how most things, what like I, I try qualifying now and even just to myself, I've always just kind of thought like, am I a dick? Am I an asshole? But no, bro. I, I think we're also so, sorry. Don't mean to interrupt you. We're no. having a great time. I think you're a nice guy. Oh, good. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> I, um, but that's just the way, unfortunately, things process when they when they're going through my dome is it, a lot of it is pessimism and cynicism. But those aren't my actual values. But I have to work pretty hard to get through that bullshit and and view things in a healthier way. So I get caught a lot of times in social media. Um, watching it and just seeing I'm like this this is the fucking thing that's blowing up it's just like some guy like making dolphin noises on stage and, and you know it's like 85 billion million views and I'm like I hate this I fucking hate this but that also is that that's me choosing to only focus on the negative. I also know some people who are great fucking comics who because of social media are blowing up and now they're selling out clubs and that's awesome that's a beautiful thing it's awesome and so there there is that part of me where it's like yes like scientifically it's just like a factual thing it's bad for people's mental health and i, I say this all the time but it, it's a tough it's a tough thing when everybody's a mental health advocate but it's also like it, it, but if you're not present enough on social media we're just going to not acknowledge your existence um so there is the shitty side but there also is the really great side of it's a valuable tool for people who haven't had the resources otherwise to get their name out there and you know honestly realize their dreams so there, there is a lot of good to it too it's just i have a hard time with it because it makes me feel bad and i want to avoid it but i can't because i love and i love comedy enough that i'm willing to let myself feel bad because doing comedy makes me feel good enough. Do you have any favorite comics in LA that you've worked with or that you're buddies with? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. There's uh, Jason. Uh, speaking of a guy who's um, who's really blowing up because of social media right now, uh, we've, we're getting to know each other more. Jason Shenny's so good, man. He is so funny. Okay. 
he uh, he is so funny and he's he's blowing up on social media mike falzone big fan of him long luscious long-haired dude <laughs> uh ashley ray i'm a big fan of amy miller i'm a big fan of there's there's so many there is that stereotype of like all la comics are just wearing bomber jackets and doing act outs and like yeah there's a lot of that but there also are a lot of really really talented smart great comics out here yeah what do you think of an la comic as uh or what what's your thought as a new york guy of la comedy Interesting, man. I think that New York, maybe more so you focus on the joke writing. Totally. Kind of the one, right? Like the one-liners. Yeah. And then out here, I feel like we hear more storytelling. Very much so. You know what I mean? Where it's like there might not be a punchline, but the story in general is supposed to have a full circle of funniness. Totally. Like a laugh here, a laugh there, and then waiting a couple minutes, and then you get a laugh. When you see guys like... Dave Attell, you see a guy who came on the podcast who isn't yet well known, but he does a grizzly pair um, in the West Village all the time. You familiar with the grizzly yeah. pair around the corner from the comedy seller Chris yeah. Kinback, a guy who okay. he, um, just one liners. So yeah. like New York seems like a big one liner city and people just want to be laughing five times a minute when yeah. in L.A. people are more I don't want to say in awe struck of the person in, on stage, right. but maybe they have a little bit more patience being in LA and everything maybe moves a little bit slower. Yeah, that makes sense. So I more think storytelling out here, I think definitely, definitely more storytelling out here in New York is definitely more joke focus, which is, which is what I liked about it so much. Cause I used to be much more like just only, only thing I wanted people to laugh at was what I was saying. And now I've changed. Like I'm not some animated dude. I'm pretty low energy, but i I'm way less of a joke writer now than I used to be, but I'm not even necessarily doing stories. It's just, I will say good thing about LA is I think it's kind of taught me how to just without jumping the shark, say funny stuff, but be funny while I'm saying it. If that makes sense. No, I saw Kevin Nealon the other night at Hollywood improv. Uh And I think that that was, that's like a perfect way uh, to describe him. Like I was Mm. dying at some of the jokes that he was saying, but also just like in between talking to the crowd, just doing funny things. Like it's, it's not hacky on stage to be funny. And there are like, I really do like New York comedy, but I do also think there's, there's a good amount of New York comics that kind of get bogged down and where it's like, it's such a structured joke where it's like, it almost feels like you're up there telling knock knock jokes. You know what I mean? And, 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 and a comedy just changes, but I feel like it's going to sound so, so crazy, but in stand up, it's almost like jokes, just like set a punchline, set a punchline, set a punchline. That's kind of on the way out right now. And I do also get a kick um, just because I, I love doing stand up and I love stand up, but I also like, I, I also realize how silly of a thing it is. And you kind of do get those like crusaders or like New York is just the most pure form of comedy. But then it's like, there's a lot of dudes on TikTok there too. Like, where are you from? Huh? Uh-huh. Dallas yeah. fucking idiot. And that's the clip gets a billion views. It's a lot of zoned in on. This is the way you're supposed to do stand up. In yeah. New York, more so. Right, 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 right. But it, it, there's, there's great comedy in both cities. Totally. There's bad comedy in both cities. It's, it's, it's not, it's not unique to either. When were you first comfortable with an hour? How long did it take you to build to that? Honestly, not till, you know, what's weird is like post COVID after that long break and just all the pressure was off the club in Edmonton, the comic strip, um, they normally only book Americans, but they couldn't get Americans. So they were resorting to us pleb Canadians Mm -hmm. and they, uh, I, I got a headline there and I was just like, 
the pressure was off because I was like, well, I haven't really done comedy in six months. So of course I'm going to be sloppy. And I just was like, fuck it. Don't worry if your jokes are tight. And I went up and I had so much fun. It was only 45 minutes, but it was kind of one of those things where I looked down. I was like, shit, I didn't even get to the stuff I wanted to say. How many years did it take you to get to that? Oh, how many years? Um, So bad at math. Uh, (laughs) I would say like, like eight probably. I started comedy when I was 21, but I was only doing it. Like I was still playing basketball in college and stuff. So I just would do it when my name came up on like the rotation of the amateur night at the, the comedy club in Edmonton. Um, but I was thinking about like, once I done started doing, I was, I think I was thinking like a comic, I was writing jokes a lot and I was obsessing over it. Um, but then after college, I really got into it, but I, I would say it was like, yeah, eight years before I felt comfortable. And I think that COVID shift of just, having a little bit of a different perspective of just being like, man, just chill the fuck out. Did COVID, re- did COVID really jam you up though? Like when everything shut down, what was your mindset? Like, I know you went back to Canada. Oh, it was a relief, man. Really? Yeah. I think I, uh, like I'm, I'm working on it, but I, I, I struggle with comparing myself to others. And when COVID happened and the world shut down, other than the, just the scary aspect of, a global pandemic <laughs> but from a comedy perspective i was like thank christ because now i can just not be productive sit on my ass and watch fucking tiger king and yeah, and, and was doing that. yeah and but no that's the thing nobody else was being productive either yeah. so i wasn't worried about like well i'm getting fucking lapped by so and so or this person or that person and then when things started opening up i was psyched but i also just had that pit I was like, fuck. It's happened to me. Because I know the mental shit I'm going to be putting myself through, you know? And now here you are, dude. Oh, yeah. Killing it. Never putting myself through mental shit, ever. Let's go. No, I'm working on it, man. It's, it's, it, it, but I, I will say, after all that and the more I've done it, like, I, I, I love doing comedy more than I've ever done it. I love being on stage. The other stuff outside of it, a lot of work to do. But just the act and practice of doing stand-up, I've, I've, I enjoy it now more than ever, which is pretty cool. And I have to remind myself to be really grateful for that. Amazing, man. Yeah, dude, yeah. you're doing what you love, right? Yeah, man. You're doing I'm what trying, you love. Dude. We're all freaking out here trying. Henry, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Thanks for man. Having me, so dude. we're gonna pop up your Instagram here and then shout out any dates, uh San Diego stuff, uh LA stuff, whatever, man, where we can find you. Yeah, it's uh at Henry Sir thirty three. Uh on everything I'm at uh yeah. I don't know when this will be up. We'll be up this week. It'll be uh Monday. And you're gonna miss it's me Monday. in San Diego, God you pieces it. of shit. <laughs> I uh I might I'm not sure. I'm gonna be in Calgary next month, October seventeenth to twenty second. And then I think I'm going to have some dates in the new year. But yeah, if you, if you could follow me, you'll see. And I'd really appreciate it. Thank you. Henry, such a great dude. Thanks, really bro. appreciate you coming appreciate on the you. podcast. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. And we'll see you next time. Peace.